Today's sponsor is Audible.com, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash Trending Topics with BB. Hello and welcome to another rousing edition of Trending Topics with BB. I am your humble host, Brooke Brown, hence the BB. I first and foremost want to thank all of you lovely people that are finding this podcast, that are telling their friends about it, that it, or if you're a new listener, as I am finishing up this little intro that I do, please head over to bbmediaindustries.com slash trending topics with bb you will find all links to all places where you could get this podcast but i specifically would love you to subscribe on itunes and leave a good review with nice comment and if you have stitcher radio as well please do that uh it helps this podcast be found by other listeners and helps me keep going and speaking of keeping going this hopefully will become something part of my company BB Media Industries but I recently just posted my crowdfunding campaign on Podbean so if you're listening to this on Podbean specifically please click the little support button and uh, choose a level not too much. Hopefully you can keep supporting this podcast because I want to keep doing this. I have some episodes coming up that I hope to bring you. A lot of ideas and guests in the works. So please, if you do like this podcast and you want me to keep doing this, please support me, A, by leaving a review on iTunes and Stitcher, and then heading over to Podbean and hitting up the support button. Okay, now on to this episode. This episode is part of the ongoing series that I'm doing with members of the acapella wonderful group that I'm a fan of called Straight No Chaser. I will be talking to one of the base extraordinaires of the group, Randy Stein. We had a wonderful conversation and if you are a fan, which we dubbed ourselves Chasers, then you've probably heard the previous two episodes that I've done with members Steve Morgan and Walter Chase, but I want to keep the series going to hopefully get all ten members on this podcast and hear their perspectives of the group and music and acapella. So, as you may have conjectured with that sentence, that's what this conversation is going to entail, and without further ado, I give you the chat with Randy Stein. All right, well... Uh, Randy, again, uh, thanks for, for doing this. Uh, it's kind of like a series now. I had Walt, and I had Steve, and now it's you. So okay, I, great. I appreciate you uh, joining me for my podcast. And like I uh, told Steve last uh, on the last episode, uh, I appreciate I was totally caught off guard and surprised when you guys named me Chaser of the Month last month, so I appreciate that. Of course. Awesome. So... Uh, I know you guys have you guys have some time off right now, so um, I appreciate you squeezing me in uh, your schedule. So, um, a lot of people, well, a lot of chasers are wondering. A, uh, the question I got from last episode is, uh, what's going on in terms of the Indy 500 this year? Because you guys 
weren't named this year, and all of us Jasers are kind of bummed about that. Um, yeah, yeah, we're we're bummed about it too. I mean, it was something that uh, as of last year, uh, you know, they basically you know loved uh, our performance, and they were very very gracious about it, and and even you know mentioned afterwards that it was uh, you know going to be uh, our gig if we wanted it moving forward, and we did want it. And so we're not even really sure ourselves. We, you know, found out a couple months ago that it wasn't going to be us, uh, but we didn't know who it was going to be, and we still don't know, you know, other than being told that they were going in a, quote, different direction. Uh, you know, we're not sure, you know, why the change. My guess is that they were looking for, you know, a name from television primarily, uh, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, he's also uh, an Indianapolis guy. Um, and he was there at the race last year. I, I never got to meet him or talk to him, but, uh, you know, obviously a very nice guy, nothing against him. So, uh, we, you know, we're, we were kind of, you know, shocked and, you know, don't really understand it ourselves, but, you know, we, we move on. We had a great time when we were there and it's a, you know, great tradition in all of our minds that we got to be a part of. And so, you know, even if it was just the one time, we had a great time last year and, uh, you know, I plan on still tuning in, watching the race uh, Memorial Day from home. Awesome. So, moving forward, I know Steve mentioned something about you guys heading back into the studio. Is there like, are you guys doing more stuff for the previous album? Or because I know there was a, like a different release in Europe recently than the old fashioned that we have. So, are you guys doing a starting a new album? Yes. Well, we have a brand new album. Uh, we're going to be recording this summer. We're working on music um, right now. We actually had a call about it today, and we have another call later this week. Uh, all kind of brainstorming. You know, although we're scattered across the country, we're still working on music and excited about this new album and looking forward to, you know, kind of teasing more details about it as we as we come along through the summer. Um I will, I'll address the, the new old fashioned, you know, was a U.S. release. And then when we went overseas this, um, this spring, I guess, to, you know, our Paris run and then throughout the rest of Europe, that album that came out over there wasn't really a version of the new old fashioned. It was basically a re-release of, of songs from out, throughout our catalog from the new old fashioned, um, you know, back through, with a twist and, and all of our different, you know, pop albums basically kind of combined into one double disc album because our CDs hadn't come out in multiple countries over there and they wanted an album that would come out primarily in France to introduce an audience to us. And they thought the best way to do that was a, a double album with, you know, 40 songs. So it's, it's, that was not, it's not really a new album. So that, that is just strictly, for Europe, that album will never come out. The Art of Acapella will never come out in the U.S. That was just basically just for Europe. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, I don't know. I had some confusion uh, myself, so I was just kind of, uh, for the listeners out there that might be like, what's going on? Because they talk about So um, I had a chance to ask this to Walt, but I didn't to Steve. So in terms, um, will there be some event this year like a chaser summit or has that been put off uh well we we were trying to work on one to fit it in this summer but our scheduling this summer has been pretty pretty booked with the um recording this summer trying to get an entire album uh recorded mixed and mastered along with the australia dates um and the summer tour dates you know from the hollywood bowl with weird al 
uh, onwards to Atlantic City and the other uh, East Coast gigs. Uh, we we just really couldn't fit in a summit the way we want to have it planned out. Uh, so we do have a summit planned in the works. It uh, has not been like confirmed or locked down. It's most likely going to be, I think, summer of 2017. But we are planning one, and we were hoping to have it happen this year, but we couldn't pull all the strings to make it happen as we wanted it to, uh, you know, this quickly, especially with our calendar. Um, and we wanted to make sure we could dedicate enough time to it to make it a very, you know, memorable event. So our goal is, I think, summer of next year. Awesome. So I, I plan on being on that one because I missed the first one. <laughs> Good. It'll be it'll be different. It's, it won't be a cruise. It's going to be um, more of a destination, and we'll get everybody there. And I think I think it'll be a fun. You know, so far what we have planned out, we think it's going to be a lot of fun for everyone. Is it like Vegas was? Because I missed that one. Nope. Too. Nope. Not not Vegas either. So we'll we'll you know we'll we'll I'm sure we'll be teasing it uh, as we get more details lined up. Awesome. So, uh, going forward with, you know, all the, like, it's busy, busy schedule. So, will you guys also be doing a fall tour? I think Steve mentioned, teased something on the last episode about that. Oh, yeah. I think, you know, as far as I can see in our future, we'll always be doing a fall tour. Um, I know a couple times we have, uh, during the fall tour, you know, gotten up across the border to Canada and even I know one time we did fly over to the UK and do a show with Catherine Jenkins at Royal Albert Hall during the fall tour. But in general, I think the fall tour will mostly consist of U.S. dates. And I know uh, we'll be doing a you know a whole bunch of dates. My guess is, you know, between 60 and 70 shows again this fall, likely starting you know mid-October and you know running again probably through the end of uh, December, maybe even in January again. Awesome. Hopefully you'll be so back. In my neck of yeah. <laughs> I, I I would think so. We we don't have all the dates confirmed yet, and um, I know there's a general you know calendar of what, you know, what's been proposed, and you know a lot of people don't realize how tricky it is to plan a tour. I mean, even those of us who sometimes are like bummed out we're not hitting a town we want to hit, um, you know, it comes down to you know promoters in local areas, you know, having availability and having uh, a venue available, so finding the right show in the right market and the right promoter, and then that has to tie in to the roadmap of basically where our tour is going to flow with the tour buses. So at any given time, uh, you know, if, say, someone in Kansas City wants us to come and play on a certain date, uh, but we're going to be, you know, say, in Sacramento, California the day before, we know we can't make it there. So it's kind of a, you know, puzzle piece uh, assembly of, you know, what's going to fit here and, okay, we're going to be in this area and, you know, we shoot over here. And that's that also explains why, you know, some people are puzzled by our bus routing. They'll think, well, you just played New York. Now you're going to go to, you know, Boston and then back down to D.C. and then back up to Massachusetts for something else. So it's, it's kind of like whatever, you know, fits into our routing where we know we can, you know, the, the buses have enough time to get, get us there safely. Um, and we kind of try to account depending on what season it is, especially like in December, you know, we think about, okay, well, we need a little bit of extra cushion because if it snows, you know, and we, we lose three hours during the trip, then we'll never make it there for the show. So we kind of, you know, plan out every city um, throughout the, the tour to, to line up with the map of, you know, where the tour buses are heading and, and you know, what, what markets were, uh, you know, been offered. So a lot of times I feel bad when people are upset we're not playing a certain town, uh, but it really kind of comes down to, 
you know, was there an offer from that city and a promoter and a venue? And um, does it tie into where we're going to be at that time? You know, some places will say, oh, well, we want you, you know, October 20th. And we're not in that section of the country until, you know, mid-November. So it's it's a lot of, you know, pieces to put in to a really big puzzle uh, to make it work every fall. Completely understand. So that that's a lot to go into it. So other than logistics and, and tours and stuff, let, let's talk about music. So, so like I had mentioned to both Walt and, and Steve about the original songs that you guys had on this album. Um, moving forward, they kind of alluded to be more covers going like as, as you guys have done before. But um, as you just mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we're writing this concern. Are you guys all writing original songs, or is it just some of the group? Um, kind of, how has that come to come to pass? Um, it's a mix. Some guys, I think, you know, do write in their spare time, and you know, are excited about original music. And you know, other guys in the group are, you know, always kind of looking for that next cover that they think we can put a, you know, unique twist on, or that would be a standout either on an album or in the show or both. So I think there's kind of a mix of both going on. And the tough thing is, you know, with originals is to make it, you know, something that really stands out. It is, I mean, it is tough to be, you know, a songwriter. A lot of people know, you know, for example, uh, James Brown. And I was just reading this article about him. People maybe know, on average, I think, you know, unless they're a diehard fan, they probably know, you know, five to ten, maybe fifteen of his of his songs. Where he actually recorded almost nine hundred songs and had over sixty albums. And people don't realize that. And I was kind of pointing out that, you know, think how many songs if he recorded, you know, eight hundred something songs, how many of that weren't quite good enough that he didn't even record. So it's kind of like and then and then think of after he recorded eight hundred or nine hundred songs you know, the, the ones that people really know. So it's tough to to write an original that can stand up to, you know, the other kind of catalog of the Great American Songbook, if you want to call it that, that we have access to. All the songs that we look at covering or consider covering from all over the world, really, not just, you know, the Great American Songbook. And, and how it's tough to write a, you know, original song that can stand up next to, you know, a song by Elton John or Stevie Wonder and those types of things. And that's that's what our, you know, someone from our record label once said is, you know, how do you measure how good an original is, you know, versus all these other songs? And of course, you know, with 10 guys, you have 10 different opinions. And, um, you know, so there's always multiple, you know, trains of thought on how an original fits into an album or if it doesn't. So I think that it's going to be, you know, interesting moving forward. It also, you know, just depends on, you know, if, if someone has a song and it comes up with something and it's, you know, ready for an album, we have had other originals that were written, um, you know, with the idea of putting them on an album and they just, you know, weren't quite finished in time or, you know, we had a general idea for a song and it just doesn't, didn't quite, uh, you know, line up with the lyrics we were trying to put with it. So I think there's a lot of, you know, a learning curve to writing original music in the sense that you probably have to write 20 songs to have one that really, you know, stands out. I mean, if you if you look at anybody who's out there writing music currently, you know, it's not like they write 10 songs and nine of them get on someone's album. It's, you know, really kind of a, 
huge number of songs that are written. And then, you know, some songs actually are written and go undiscovered by major artists for, you know, years and years and years. Um, you know, or were tried to, someone tried to sell the song to a particular artist and it got passed on. And then it just kind of sat in someone's, you know, closet basically for a while and, and they dragged it out again and pitched it to a different artist and suddenly it's, you know, a number one smash. So I think original music is, is a tough one because in general, the public knows acapella somewhat, but, and they're not completely accepting of it. So sometimes it's even harder to, to win over an audience with an original acapella song. Um, you know, cause we had the benefit of someone at least knowing or being familiar with a, a pop cover, for example, that they're willing to, it's like, oh yeah, I'll check out acapella. Oh yeah, I know this song. And it's a little harder to sell someone who, you know, hasn't experienced our show or doesn't know us very well yet with just an original that, that, that they're unfamiliar with. I think there's always that, um, a greater chance of winning someone over with music that they're familiar with, uh, you know, whether it's pop stuff on the radio now or a classic from, you know, the 60s. That makes complete sense. I was just kind of thinking about, like, that. Do you think um, kind of, I mean, your guys' popularity along with the popularity of Sing-Off and Panasonic and a lot of other groups out there, do you think the newfound popularity is going to help move that along, or do you think it's always going to be the, uh, I'm not sure, maybe if we do covers, they'll recognize kind of, Survive. I think it's tough because there have been a lot of amazing, you know, fantastic vocal groups, you know, going back from, you know, doo-wop in the 50s and 60s and how many original songs, you know, even in that style were done and how few broke through. And then even more recently, um, you know, the groups that came before us that are still out there touring and, and you know, promoting acapella and vocal music, you know, groups that we from, you know, back in junior high, high school, and college were, you know, worshiping groups like uh, The Real Group and uh, Take Six and Rockapella. You know, all of them had multiple original uh, songs and sometimes even entire original albums. And I think it's tough because none of those broke through. And I, to me, that you know, they're some of the, the best groups in existence. And I think it's tough to break through with acapella in general um, even with, you know, the success of, for example, the sing-off and pentatonics and home free, uh, it is really tough to get a big, you know, hold on a, a new audience who's not accustomed to acapella with, um, originals. You know, I was thinking about pentatonics. They had, uh, Can't Sleep Love, their original song. I heard it multiple times on the radio and, um, you know, heard it, uh, play quite often. But it was interesting when I was looking at the videos on YouTube of theirs, I was surprised just how many more views they had on videos that were covers. So their covers of pop tunes, um, even with all the promotion and radio play behind their original, their covers were still getting more attention and more traction seemingly than the, you know, the original, which is, you know, really catchy. So I think it's, it's a tough, um, it's a, it's a tough road to get, um, especially new fans to check out a group, um, you know, if they, if the song isn't something they initially like, but, but if it's something more familiar, at least they're, they're, they're like, oh, I like that song. Okay. That's a different take on it. You know, they're, they're kind of more open to it. Um, as I've, I've said before, acapella is a, is kind of a strange genre where if someone, you know, in comparison to rock and roll, someone likes the Beatles, it doesn't mean that they, you know, 
won't like the Stones, for example. If they, if they think, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the Beatles. Yeah, I probably won't like the Rolling Stones either. They don't make that assumption. And acapella is kind of a, a genre that people aren't as familiar with. So say that they heard any, you know, random type of vocal uh, you know, music, whether it was a barbershop or, say, a Baroque, you know, style, like a, a chamber chorus or something like that, and they didn't like it, they might just assume that's what acapella is because they're not familiar with, for example, all the groups that do contemporary music. So they might have heard one group and said, oh, yeah, acapella is not for me. I'm not into acapella. And we get that a lot when, when people come to shows, especially men whose wives or girlfriends drag them to the show and they're coming through the signing line. They're like, oh, I did not want to come to this. There's a football game on or whatever. And then they've got a stack of, you know, four CDs in their hand and we're, we're signing their dress shirt. You know, it's, it's kind of, it's really fun for us to win over people, um, particularly when they, didn't think they were going to like the show, had a totally different, uh, you know, kind of preconceived idea of what acapella was. Um, and so I think that's why it's kind of tough, you know, with originals to win over people. It's like, you know, you get, get someone there who's kind of, kind of doesn't want to be there anyway. And, you know, you cover some, some pop songs or some, you know, like I said before, Stevie Wonder or something up tempo that they, you know, get their toes tap into. And suddenly they, you know, they, they bite into it and they really get um, what acapella can be if they had a different, you know, notion of it before. So I think it's, you know, that, that also I'd say that, that for us might be the most fun is winning over people who didn't think they would like our show or didn't think they would like the music. Um, and I, I think that's, you know, a really rewarding thing for us. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Like I, I actually took my folks, uh, with me this past, um, fall to a little actually it's winter i was in december here in mesa and like they were they had seen kind of a few youtube videos that i'd showed them but they were kind of it was a different experience live so they were kind of like weren't sure and then they were like on board and so yeah i can see how that can happen yeah i mean that's that's a lot of another thing for us is, is people have seen the pbs specials and they expressed to us that they thought the show was better or different than the PBS special, and I think that for most television appearances for us, whether it's a full PBS special or the Today Show or, or a talk show or something, um, you know, they, we don't have time on those. They edit out any kind of, you know, banter or any kind of, of the, the kind of more improv stuff from our shows uh, between songs, which, you know, it's, it's always for, for time for television. So I think that it's great for us to get people in the seats to see the show live and they seem to understand you know, us much better. They, they get that we have a personality and when we aren't just, just a singing group and that we, you know, on PBS specials, it seems like we're nearly, uh, you know, silent between songs, which is quite the opposite live. Right. So, like, I, I kind of forgot to ask this to Steve, but is there any past, uh, medleys or songs that you guys have performed in the last seven to eight years that you're like, I will never do again. I know never is a harsh word, but like, or would you consider bringing back old favorite performances or memories that you guys kind of took out of the set list? Uh, that's a good question. I think there are, there aren't too many that I, I look back and dread. I know that we, we did, I think maybe we only did it twice ever. We did an eighties medley in 2010, 
for Atlantic City, and we we did it for like two shows, and it just didn't work. That we we just weren't getting a crowd reaction, and the songs were all kind of too short to get into them. A couple of them were actually a couple of them were too short, and a couple of them were too long, and it just never really clicked. And you know, the first show was kind of like, well, maybe that was a fluke. Let's give it one more shot. And then after the second time, I think we're like, okay, that's that's being cut. Um, I'd say that, and maybe. We did a, a medley in Atlantic City also. I think I'm, I know there's videos of it on YouTube of kind of a hairband medley and made fun of all the kind of crazy, you know, groups like Poise. Yeah, and I think that's, that's another one I think that was kind of a mix. Some guys really had fun with it, and then other guys kind of felt like it was, you know, we felt a little too uh, much like a show, not like our own show, like we were trying to be a, a musical review. So I think there was, there was mixed feelings on that one. Um, but I think I, I, I kind of joke with the guys sometimes before a show, I'll you know say, what would be the most difficult song for us right now to suddenly throw back in the set? Like if you just were out there on stage and you looked down and you saw it on the set list and thought, oh, oh, oh boy, like this is going to be tough. And we've, we've joked about, you know, medleys in particular that we haven't done in a long time and also medleys that evolved over time, such as, the 50s medley, which we did in Atlantic City, we did do that in our live show for a little while, but we changed it up quite a bit. We cut out big sections of it. We made it a little bit shorter and tighter um, for our touring show. So it was, I think, we cut it down to maybe eight minutes instead of 12 or something like that. And that would be a tough one, um, especially because we had costume changes and different guys on stage and different guys entering from different sides. And there was a lot to that. And then a couple other medleys that we did for closing medleys several different years. Um, thinking back to those, sometimes it's hard to remember which songs were in which which medley. Like, you know, we know we started out with uh, Seven Nation Army and went into uh, Moves Like Jagger, you know, and, and trying to remember exactly what happened after that, you know, that would be, inter- well, entertaining for us, terrible for the audience to try to do, just throw one of those back in and, and have it unrehearsed. Because as those songs went along, occasionally we modified the medley in the middle of the tour. We added a new song that was popular, like we added uh, Gangnam Style, I remember at one point, into, into the closer because we it was suddenly popular. So I think some of those would be, yeah, well, needless to say, interesting to try to bring back. Um, but I wouldn't rule out anything. I think, you know, we've we've joked around about, you know, do we ever bring back uh, the Lady Gaga medley or or some of the other ones we, we've done previously. So uh, we haven't done a lot of medleys lately, so I think we're kind of due for one. I don't think we have one, uh, you know, picked out just yet. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see one come back in the next year or two. So, ironically, um, Walt and Steve kind of said that they would not want to do the Blurred Lines one again, uh, which is funny because that's my favorite one of all time. So, um, and I know it gets, like, when I show, well, I'll try to get other people involved, and, and people ask, oh, what are you watching? And then I tell them on YouTube. And that's, like, one of the medleys that they're, like, in, like so excited about. But um, is there, like, one like that that you wouldn't want to do? Or is it just, you know, because Steve mentioned it was the timing issue, that, like, those songs aren't as popular, but, like, there's always nostalgia, so would you guys ever consider it, or? Um, I don't know. I think that one, I mean, that one and a couple of the other closer, closing medleys have a couple of songs that 
stand out that you still occasionally hear on the radio um, or you still hear played at, you know, bars and stuff? Um, I think, you know, for example, of all the Maroon 5, you know, songs I can think of, Moves Like Jagger, you still hear, you still hear the bass line from One Nation Army played at games and things. Um, I think there's a, there are a couple songs that are like that. Blurred Lines is tough because there was, you know, there was a lot of negative publicity about that song, like, yeah, a little bit during, while we performed it, we had a couple people come through line and say that they didn't like the song or didn't approve of us, you know, doing it or, or that that song sent the wrong message. And then obviously, uh, Robin Thicke kind of had a meltdown and his, you know, had his wife divorced him. And, um, so there was, I think there was a lot of maybe negativity surrounding that song a little bit. And also the lawsuit from, um, the estate of Marvin Gaye suing Pharrell and, and, uh, Robin Thicke for that. So I think there's uh, that that one might be tough to get back. I, I always enjoyed performing it. I thought it was a fun song to perform. I liked the movement. I liked Steve doing Kiss. I thought that was you know a fun song. So you know I don't know. I, I wouldn't say necessarily for me that I'd say no to anything, but it would be you know interesting. I always thought it'd be fun to go back and do like a nostalgic type of medley of you know several pieces put together from the different kind of. Uh, medleys we did in the past. So not necessarily any one of them, maybe it's in, in its entirety, but, you know, pick and choose a few to, to put together. That makes sense. And, you know, everybody has their favorites, so, like, I'm not trying to single that one out, but it's just kind of funny how that one came up a couple times on, on the podcast. So, like, I, I've heard you say, um, I know you're a fan, so is there any possibility of a cover of, like, Dave Matthews Band or any, like, more alternative? Other, I mean, because Creep is amazing. I, I love the the arrangement of Creep and some of the others. So any kind of plans for that coming up? Um, I don't think we have anything definitive um, that I can think of that is, you know, that are, like, songs that are on the, the drawing board right now. Um, obviously, I'm a longtime Dave Matthews fan, and uh, would love for us to, you know, to, to do one of his songs or I would, you know, I would love, would have loved to have him as a, a guest artist at some point. Um, but I think part of the problem with Dave's songs are that they are so, uh, rhythm driven by Carter, their drummer, that yeah. sometimes some of their songs lose a little of the magic, uh, when you, you know, kind of flatten them out. And, and, and take away the rhythm. Well, at least the versions that people know. Um, I, cause Dave, Dave does a tour with a guy named Tim Reynolds and, and they have several, you know, acoustic albums out that are fantastic and I highly recommend people go check out if, you know, if you want to get a cool Blu-ray or DVD to watch at home, check out Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds live at, um, at, uh, uh what am I thinking? Radio City in New York. It's a great, Great TV. The audio quality, the video quality is pristine. I see it played as a demo oftentimes in, uh, you know, stores and home theater stuff. So, uh, but they have really great stuff. There's a couple of their songs I think would be interesting to do. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Um, in college, we actually arranged, uh, Crash and had that worked up and rehearsed it, but we just never ended up doing it, never performed it. And it just never, <laughs> never surfaced. So I, I, you know, I'd say never say never. But I'm sure that we'll, you know, have some other um, songs, whether it's by Dave Matthews or, um, you know, something along the lines of like a Wonderwall, you know, another uh, kind of alternative song done as 
uh, our, you know, a different style with our own take on it. Awesome. So, yeah, I didn't want to, again, uh, take up too much time, but I appreciate you joining me for the podcast. And so other than, um, where can we find you online? Uh, I'm online. I'm on Twitter at Randy Stein, S-T-I-N-E. Uh, you can find me on, on Facebook. You can find me on Instagram. And on Instagram, it's just Randy underscore Stein. Um, but I'm pretty much online and available through, you know, any any means possible. It's easy to tweet at me or drop me a line on Facebook or on Instagram. And um, I'm usually, you know, it depends on how busy I am, whether I'm getting to have some time off or on the road. But I'm uh, usually pretty good about at least making sure I get a response back to you, whether it's, you know, same day or not. But uh, I always try to respond to everyone. Awesome. Well, uh, again, Randy, I appreciate this, and uh, this will be up soon, and uh, I can't wait to convert more people into chasers like myself. And well, uh, we appreciate it. That's 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 why we're here. I mean, I I uh, you know made a joke. We played in Charlottesville, Virginia last week, which was is where Dave Matthews Band got together. And I was in my head, always kind of had thought, you know, what a smart thing Dave Matthews. You know, a lot of people to tape his shows and pass them around, and that's how they got their start. You know. The, grassroots marketing, which is what we always joke about when we take Facebook photos and we allow people to take pictures and videos and pass around, you know, things from our show. And, you know, I, I said we're, we're a lot like Dave Matthews Band, except we're double the members and play none of the instruments. But we would not be doing what we're doing uh, if it wasn't for, you know, fans and, and chasers and, and people, especially like yourself, who are... Um, you know, spreading the word about us through social media and through podcasts. It's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. And we got to have you guys to thank for us getting to have this as our jobs. I appreciate it. Well, awesome. So, um, I look forward, hopefully I'll make it out to the LA shows. It's not completely, you know, definitive yet, but I'm hoping to, cause I mean, we're now, that's awesome. We, like, oh, yeah, I mean, we, that's going to be a blast. I mean, we, we found out, uh, about that backstage in Paris that um, that we, you know, they reached out to us to, to join them for that show, and so we were all like, "Absolutely, let's make it happen." So that was that was a uh, you know a, a fun a fun uh, thing to find out for ourselves. So we're, we're looking forward to those two shows. Awesome, cool. Well, uh, enjoy the time off. Can't wait to uh, see what's up. Like I said, I'll be following as I have. And uh, look forward to seeing you guys soon again. Yeah, a lot of a lot of fun stuff coming up this year and next. Awesome, cool. Well, thanks again, Randy, and I will well, talk to you soon. Of course, thanks so much. Bye. All right. Bye bye.